Well, please join me in Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7. And as you're finding your place there, how about you imagine this with me? You're on a road trip and you're not in a hurry. You come into a small town and you're hungry. It's about noon and you see to your left a barbecue restaurant with only maybe two or three cars in the lot. You look up the road a little bit and there's a barbecue restaurant on your right and the parking lot is nearly full. Which restaurant do you choose? You're going to choose the full restaurant if you're not in a hurry because you're going to figure the local people here know where the good food is. I'm not going where nobody wants to go around here. I'm going to go where it's full. And so when you're trying to find a place to eat, following the crowd might be a great idea. But Jesus is going to remind us, when it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to matters of truth, if you're following the crowd, it will lead to your ruin. Hear the words of Jesus, Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, just two verses we're taking on together this morning. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. These verses here begin the final section of our Lord's Sermon on the Mount that we've been walking through over the last few months. And so he's already though been calling us to decision, but now we come to that part that's very clearly calling for a decision. Over the next several Sundays, we're going to take on these final sections and see this call for a decision. We know no sermon really is complete unless there's a conclusion, a time of decision, even a time of invitation. And that's the section we're entering into. But, but if we're thinking back to all that we've seen since chapter 5, we see all of this has been calling us for a decision. Every week, even looking at the Beatitudes. That life that Jesus said, this is the blessed life when you recognize your poverty of spirit and you turn to Jesus. That's, that's the blessed life. It called for a decision. And you're blessed when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You're blessed even when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. This is where joy and happiness is. And so come into Christ. It was always a call. We're called in this sermon to forgive others. Remember, when we're insulted to turn the other cheek, there's a decision to be made. We've been learning that the moral law is not just the external laws, but it's, it has to be at our very hearts. We even have seen that when it comes to the spiritual things we do, when it comes to praying, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to helping others, there cannot be a hint of pride in it. It has to be love and humility. We even saw a call to decision back in Matthew 6, 24, when Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, a very clear choice. And so Jesus, through this sermon, has been telling us, this is my way. These are my kingdom values all through this sermon. And now he's essentially asking this. This is my way. Will you now follow me in this way? He presents here a stark choice. He presents here a very clear fork in the road. And I want you to understand this morning, you're standing at that fork in the road. You've heard these messages, even if this is your first time with us you're going to see very clearly that you're standing at a fork in the road. Jesus describes it here as you stand before two gates. There's a wide gate and there's a narrow gate. And in love, Jesus tells you which one you should choose. He says, enter through the narrow gate. But before you make your decision, in full disclosure, Jesus is going to tell you about the other option. 
So he starts here with the wide gate, tells you which gate to choose, enter through the narrow gate, but then quickly tells you, but, but here's your other choice. Look at it again. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. There are some ways in which this broad gate is the appealing gate. This is certainly the popular one. We're told that many people, most people are going to choose the, the wide gate. This one is the one that once you enter through the wide gate, the way that it goes is a very wide path. It's the easier way. This word broad can also carry the idea of easy or prosperous. But the real trouble with the wide gate is its destination. It's destruction, Jesus said. So Jesus tells you something. You're going to look at the wide gate. You're going to look at the easy path after it, and you're going to say, that looks good. But because Jesus loves you, he can go ahead and tell you, I know how this works. At the other end of this easy path, I want to tell you what you don't see at the beginning. It's devastation of your soul at the end. There's judgment at the end of that. There's condemnation at the end of that easy road. And so Jesus warns that the majority of people have chosen, will choose a broad path that leads to total loss. And so he in love calls us away from the wide gate. But let's just ponder this wide gate in this broad way for a moment. It's true that that is in many ways the easier path for a person to take. This is the natural path for the prideful human heart to go on this broad path that eventually leads in destruction. This is the path where you can live as you please. This is the path where you can remain lordship over your own life. You can follow your own appetites on the broad path that leads to destruction. You can live for your own glory. You can live for your own preferences on this path. You can make money your God. You can make sex your God or both. You can really live like a perpetual one-year-old or two-year-old. Your philosophy in life on the broad road can be me, mine, give me. That comes so naturally to us, and there is your path. This certainly is the path that will win you friends and will get you applause from the culture around you. If you're scared of being canceled, this is the gate for you, the wide gate the broad path, because on this one, you will find ease, you'll find pleasure, praise and applause from the culture. It's just simply easier. It's so easy that if you'll just follow the culture, they will take you there. You don't have to think, just do what comes naturally, do what the majority are doing, just, just shuffle along year after year, and you'll be on that path. So we see it in our culture. Most popular musicians are singing about the wide gate not the narrow gate. Most writers and producers and actors, when we hear them share their opinions, which gate are they talking about? It's always the wide gate. The cool social media influencers, they're promoting the broad, easy way. So if you want to feel good, to feel like I'm with the majority, I'm in sync with the broader culture, it is the wide gate for you. Let's test this here. So when you go to school tomorrow, whether online or in person, or you're at work, if you talk about your weekend, which is going to give you a high five from your friends? If you say, man, I partied this weekend, or hey, we had a great time of worship this weekend. What's going to get you the high five at work? Nobody's interested much in the worship. Like, oh, good for you. You might get that. 
But if you say, I partied hard this weekend, attaboy, girl, they'll be high-fiving you for that one. People are choosing, most people are choosing the broad way. Or if you start talking about your views on things, your, your views on life, your views on morality, and you say this, you know, I really find that Taylor Swift has it right. I mean, when she expresses her views on this, that just, she expresses my heart really well. That's going to get you a high five in the culture. But if you say, you know, I hear what she's saying and I care for her, but I think she's really wrong there. I really have I've found that the, the words of Jesus are truth and the words of the Bible are truth. And I set my views on life and morality and hope and all that based on the Bible, which is going to give you the high five. It's, it's not that one. So listen, be very alarmed if you look at your views, your perspectives, your understanding of truth. If you find that it's very much like what you're hearing all the time in the culture, be very alarmed. You are on the broad path that Jesus says is going to lead to destruction. And so here we've heard throughout our lives essentially this statement that all paths really lead to heaven. But Jesus says it's the exact opposite of that. All paths except for one will lead to destruction, what the Bible calls hell. So the point is, without Jesus, you can choose any other thing and it will lead to certain eternal destruction. Now also as we talk about this this wide gate and this broad way that leads to destruction, let's understand it's not all easy. It's easy in the sense that you won't be persecuted on this path, but it's still going to have trouble for you. Because when you live for sin... And when you live for yourself, it's going to show up in emptiness in your life, even before total destruction. It's going to lead to disillusionment, dissatisfaction, broken relationships. So it's not going to go well. But Jesus' main point is it's not going to end well. So to choose this wide way is to choose your own destruction. But you might protest and you might say, I don't believe that. How could it be possible that most people would be wrong? How is it possible that the majority can be wrong? The majority is always right. No, it's not the truth. Jeremiah 17.9 explains how almost everybody can get it wrong. Jeremiah 17.9, listen to what God says about the human heart. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Hear that? Here's how everybody around you can get it wrong because of this. The heart is more deceitful than anything else. Who can understand it? It's desperately sick. That's, that's God's estimation of the human heart. So that's why when we hear the advice, just, just follow your heart. Like, no, don't follow your heart. It's the worst possible advice you could give somebody. Your heart can deceive you. Or how about this one, Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So it seems right to me. This seems like the way to go. Everybody's going this way. But its end is the way of death. And because this is because that's true, this is true. Romans 3:23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us corrupted by sin and can't be left to ourselves to follow our own heart or follow the crowd. So listen, don't choose the wide gate. That's what Jesus is saying. Reject it. And now Jesus tells you about the narrow gate. Out of love, he's already told you this is the gate to choose. Choose the narrow one. But now let's look at it again. In fact, let's read wide gate into narrow gate. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. Now this, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who 
find it. So we're commanded to the narrow gate. Notice this, this is Jesus's choice for you. Can you hear that Jesus is pulling for you that you would choose the narrow gate? But here he's gonna describe it, describes it very simply. It's a small gate. The way opening up after it really remains small. It's a narrow way. Few people are going to choose this. And it is the way, though, that leads to life. Jesus here speaking of abundant life, as he calls it in John 10. Eternal life. But the problem with this way is that it is narrow. And that few will find it or choose it. Now, what is this gate that Jesus is talking about that is so small or narrow? He's talking about himself that Jesus is that narrow gate. He is that narrow way to life. And Jesus always spoke this way. How about John 10, verse 9? Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. Here he says, enter through the narrow gate. John 10, he says, I am the door. If you want to be saved, you have to enter through me. Or how about John 14, 6? We're talking about a, a narrow way. Jesus said, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The apostles spoke this way. Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven that's been given among men by which we must be saved. Just one name. Just one gate. And it's small. Just one name. The name of Jesus. Or 1 Timothy 2.5. There is one God and one mediator also between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. But someone might protest, that can't be right. That cannot be right. A loving God wouldn't make the way to life so narrow. But you're thinking backwards if you protest like that. A loving God has provided a way to rescue you at great cost to himself. He gave his son for you, the, the body and blood of his son on a cross to save you. A loving human would not hear that message and, re and reject it saying, I want another way. Give me my options. So there's no trouble with God's love. There is trouble with pride in the human heart. A loving God provided life through Jesus. Couldn't have cost him more. Gave his son who died on the cross and was raised from the dead. We must respond to that. We can't quibble and say, I wish I had other choices. So imagine this with me. You're in your house. And a great fire erupts in your house. And you do have time to call 911. But you can't get out. You're trapped in some back bedroom. Knowing that you're doomed. But thankfully, entering through your bedroom door, axing his way in is a firefighter with the mask on. And he grabs you and starts carrying you toward the front door of your house. Can you imagine in that moment saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't want to be saved this way. I don't want to go out the front door. I was kind of imagining for myself a window rescue. Or I was kind of thinking helicopter punch through the roof. Somebody kind of plucked me out with a basket. I thought that'd be, nobody would do that. That's foolishness. And that's how we are as prideful human beings. Like it can't be that narrow. God owes me other ways. God doesn't owe us even one way. But out of great love for us, demonstrated in the greatest act possible, Jesus giving his body and blood on a cross for sinners like us. God didn't have to do that. And so rather than saying God's not, his love is not big enough, no, his love is huge. And he even here, notice, notice how wide the invitation it is to the narrow gate. 
He says, enter through the narrow gate. Everybody who can hear his voice, enter through this gate. He's pleading with you to do it. In fact, listen to John 3.16 when he says, whoever will believe in him will not perish. If you will turn from your sins and believe in Jesus, he will not cast you out. He's offering to save you if you'll humble yourself, repent of your sins, and trust in Jesus. So this is the way to life, but it is a small gate. It's just through Jesus. But notice this, Jesus says it's a narrow way if you choose to follow him. In fact, that word narrow also carries the idea of difficulty. So narrow means, this word in the Greek is to press together, but also carries the idea of difficulty, trouble, hardship, persecution. So Jesus is just being honest. If you choose me, this isn't the broad, easy way. It does lead to life, but there's going to be difficulty for you. The English Standard Version translates it this way. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. So the narrow gate leads to life. But understand, there will be challenge and persecution all along the way. So what is Jesus doing here? Why would he speak this way about his way? He's just asking you, as he always does, to count the cost. I want you to enter through the narrow gate, he says. But understand, it's going to be difficult on this way until life eternal. And so Jesus here is just being honest. He's not being like a timeshare salesman just trying to get you to sign up. He's not like a shifty used car salesman just trying to get you to sign on the dotted line. He wants you to choose life, but he wants you to count the cost. Now, listen, it's still true that there's much joy on this journey of trusting Christ. He started this sermon talking about how you can be blessed. It's just different than the way we thought it would be. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those hunger and thirst for righteousness. Remember that? There's joy and peace and purpose on this way. On this way, you're going to experience the love of God. But you will experience on this way, this narrow way, the hatred of the world. On this narrow way, it's not the easy way. It's not the way to be applauded. But also you'll be contending with your own flesh. Consider what Jesus has been telling us here. He's told us to live up above our natural sinful tendencies. It's not going to be easy. We're told to love and forgive our enemies. Our flesh wants to retaliate. Jesus has been telling us, no, that's not how we do it in my kingdom. Follow me in a very different way. When insulted, we're turning the other cheek. We are rising up to a higher standard, internal righteousness that's brought on through Christ. We're resisting pride on, on this path. We're resisting arrogance on this path. We're resisting lust and anger and retaliation on this path. So there's an internal struggle, but indeed there is this challenge from the world. Listen now, Jesus spoke in John 15. He's never hiding this from us. John 15, 18, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Jesus said, count the cost if you choose the narrow gate. I want you on the narrow gate, but count the cost. Second Timothy 3.12, Paul said, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so the gate is narrow. It's difficult, but it leads to life. You must choose it. Jesus always asks us to count the cost. He did it in Mark 8 as well. Mark 8, 34. 
And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So with me this morning, examine these two gates before you. Examine the gates, consider the lifestyle behind either gate, and then, of, of course, certainly look at the outcomes of these two gates, life or death. And I plead with you, along with Jesus, choose life. Choose the narrow gate by choosing Jesus. There's life in no one other than Jesus. He's the only source of eternal life, and he's worth whatever difficulty you and I might experience from the world around us. So choose Jesus this morning. Secondly, I would, I would exhort you, help other people come to know Jesus. If you and I don't share this good news with others that there's a way of life, nobody's going to do it. We've already said the culture is not pushing people toward Jesus, but in the opposite direction. And so take up with greater zeal, take up with greater compassion this responsibility of telling people about Jesus. Beckon them to come with you through the narrow gate to walk this narrow way. Show them the joy and the peace. Though hated by the world, show them the joy of what it looks like to, to experience the love of God on a daily basis as you walk with him. And then the third way to look at this at the end is, let's get used to being the minority. It does feel better when you feel like everybody's going with me and everybody's celebrating what I'm doing, but that's not reality. And Jesus here tells us at the beginning, that's not how it's going to be. And so in our culture, understand it's okay to be the one or the few walking with Jesus. It's a narrow gate. It's a narrow way. Jesus said few will find it. Isn't this remarkable? That Jesus was willing to leave heaven, come to earth, die on a cross for what he estimated at the very beginning will be for few. The, the invitation's open wide, but it'll be few that will come to know him. And yet Jesus did not see that as failure. That was success. That was the plan right here. So understand, if you feel like, what's happening? We're losing ground here. No, no, be confident in your Savior. The path you're on through following Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it leads to life. So this morning you think, I, I think I'm on the wrong path. My values are like the values of the world. I, I feel like my views have been championed in these days. And you're like, I must be on the wrong road. Is there any hope for me? Can I turn and get on the narrow road now? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can make a U-turn today. It's been years ago now. Joy and I lived in Alabama and we were on I-81, making our way, getting close to Manassas. We wanted to visit her family during a little vacation week. And so we, we get into Virginia, we're on I-81, and we were looking for I-66 to connect over to D.C. area to go to Manassas. And uh, it was nighttime by the time we're on I-81. And this is in the days before GPS is to help you out. And Joy and I are having a good time. Hillary, our, our only child at the time, was asleep in the back. And we're just talking, having a great time. When all of a sudden, I see this sign I've never seen before in my life. It said, Welcome to West Virginia. I thought, I, at that point, had never been to West Virginia. I've been some since, 
But at that time, West Virginia. And I thought, how far off track am I? That was not on the itinerary. Welcome to West Virginia. It was dark and Again, no GPS, so I pull into the rest area there, run up to the map, like, where am I? And you were here. Thankful it wasn't going to be hours and hours to get back on course, but it was going to necessitate heading south and no longer heading north. And then we were able to make that turn, and then we were looking for, sure enough, the the way to I-66 was more narrow. (laughs) I've enjoyed driving on the Broadway, following everybody else, blissfully happy, not knowing I was on the wrong track, but I was. Thankful we took the right turn and ended up having a great time with Joy's family. Listen, you can do that this morning, realizing I've been running the wrong way. Everybody's been going this way. I thought I was right, but now I see through the words of Jesus, I've been wrong. He'll welcome you to the narrow gate himself. He'll welcome you to his way. I urge you to make that move right now. Let's pray together.